Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. worry about stimulus checks stimulate your mind with talk of college basketball and kansas jayhawk basketball welcome everybody happy holidays tis the season this is jonas nordman here for the believe and jayhawks basketball show it is getting gloomy it is even colder but hopefully you are warmed up next to a fireplace maybe you're being warmed up by the sense of family and togetherness or maybe you're being warmed up buy a beverage keeping your insides nice warm and bubbly because you're not traveling anywhere and you're being safe either way however you're spending this holiday season hope you're having a great one hanukkah is in the rear view mirror christmas well it's tomorrow so i'll try to keep this episode relatively short we're gonna do a little game recap of the last two really impactful and impressive games for kansas um i know that the episode numbers for this show are going to go one of two ways Tis the season, so either nobody's going to listen or <laughs> everyone's going to be sitting around, bored, have nothing to do, and they'll say, well, might as well catch up on the latest Believe and Jayhawks basketball show. I wonder what Jonas thinks about that game against West Virginia. I think a good amount. I think a good amount. That's what I do. Uh, like I said, if you are traveling to be with family or, or whatever, be safe. Look, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm no player hater. I, I know that it's a, it's a crazy time and a crazy year, and people got to do what they got to do. Uh, if you are staying home and you're staying isolated, you know, stay with the fight, stay, stay true, and power through the night. And, hey, maybe if you have some extra downtime, catch up on the episodes from this year. We're in Big 12 season. I did a full Big 12 preview series. I'd say they're pretty much keeping to fruition uh, the way that we previewed all the Big 12 teams and the way the season has uh, sort of unfolded so far. So who am I to say? turns out that we sort of know what we're talking about here on the show. Believe in Jayhawks. Believe Podcast Network. Your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Here's what I believe. We are now two games in to... <laughs> The death stretch that is the Big 12 Conference slate. It's like Mad Max Fury Road. There's obstacles at every turn. And when these first two Big 12 games were announced to be played in 2020 and not after the turn of the calendar, on the show, I said it, and I'm sure a lot of you Kansas fans were saying, man, that was a tough way to start off the conference slate. I would not have been surprised if KU ended up going 1-1 one one between traveling to Texas Tech and then hosting West Virginia. West Virginia ended up being a top 10 ranked team by the time that game rolled around on Tuesday. So it was number seven versus number three. And what happens? KU ends up going 2-0 and and they're right there tied for the top of the Big 12 with two really quality wins, including one extremely impressive in the fact that they got the win, not necessarily how they played. One impressive road victory at Texas Tech. So, 
let's hop in the way back machine. We'll start with the Texas Tech game. We'll talk about it. We'll break it down scientifically. We'll move into my observations, what I thought about the West Virginia game. Let me start with this. As we have now played the first two conference games, the next one isn't coming until January 2nd, and it'll have a true conference feel in 2021. We could do a little bit of a assessment, a state of the union. Kansas, as it stands now, is 8-1. and one losing the first game of the year to Gonzaga, who's probably the best team in the country. And they've reeled off eight straight wins. Not all of those have been necessarily, you know, emphatic blowout victories. Three-point win over Kentucky. Four-point relatively embarrassing win over North Dakota State. The one-point quality victory over Creighton. And the one-point win over Texas Tech. That's, was it one, two, Three, four games decided by, well, seven, six. About about nine or so, nine to ten points. I'm not doing math on the fly here. But then the West Virginia game came. And uh, that that was impressive. But one of my favorite sayings in life is this. Variety is the spice of life. You sprinkle on a little variety here and there, really mix things up, really heats things up, makes things exciting as you go through this crazy adventure that we call life. And I I think this version of the Kansas basketball team has really mastered winning in different ways and adding a little, or adding, I should say, adding a little variety in how they win their ball games. You want to knock down slugfest, pull your gloves out, Jake Paul style, <laughs> or I guess Floyd May- Mayweather or Oscar De La Hoya, other wannabe boxers. Or put on those gloves and just get in the ring and get after it in a basketball sense. KU will, will win those games or they'll, they'll hold their own. The Texas Tech game was a stone fight, 58 to 57, ugly game. The Kentucky game, 65 to 62 final result. That was a slugfest. Both teams really trying to find their own. Kentucky, not that skilled. In fact, Kentucky, a bad team. Sure. But Kansas really had to figure out how to attack that Kentucky team and that long defense. And they did it. You want to win a sprint? You want to win a bit more of an offensive affair? Great. Look at the Creighton game, 73 to 72. Wide open offense, pick and rolls, lots of threes. And KU came out victorious in that ball game against a good Creighton team, yes. And then that, of course, brings us to the most recent game against West Virginia. After that slugfest versus Texas Tech, where they went a full 15 rounds or however many rounds they go in boxing. I don't, I don't care about boxing. It bores me. Can you believe that? I, boxing bores me. That's coming from someone who loves baseball. But they go into the game against West Virginia, the team you would expect, again, just more punches being thrown, more body shots. And no. This was a wide-open offensive display. Yes, they had to get down into stance. They had to dig their heels into the sand. They had to have their stand of the last of the Mohicans. 
or West Virginia was crashing that glass. So KU still put on their hard hat and ended up out-rebounding West Virginia. But the three-point shots were raining from the heavens. So KU is versatile. Kansas is pretty deep, although their starters basically scored all the, the points against West Virginia. That's fine. The minutes didn't seem totally out of control, except for Marcus Garrett. You heard on the broadcast, Dan Schulman and Dickie V saying that Bill Self quoted has said, we need to get Marcus Garrett out of the game a bit more. We need to rest him on his legs. And it's perfect timing. Next game again, not until January 2nd. But we know once we get into January, February, those conference games start coming every three to four days, if not sooner, sometimes every two days for a big Monday game. So that, that makes me feel a lot better as we flip the calendar and Kansas prepares for a really intense stretch of conference play. They will open against the number 10 team in the country, Texas. Baylor is looming. There's the last non-conference game of the year for the Big 12 SEC Challenge against, oh, what do you know, another top 10 team in Tennessee. And don't forget the last stretch of the season. Hosting Texas Tech in Austin against number 10 Texas, hosting Baylor. So roast those chestnuts over an open flame. Relax, because there's a lot of basketball. There's a lot of intense basketball coming up soon. Let's get to the game in Lubbock at United Supermarkets Arena. I think that's what what it's called. Something stupid like that. Whew. That was ugly. I did not enjoy watching that basketball game, but I did love the result. <laughs> Kansas comes out on top 58 to 57. By the way, Texas Tech, their second conference game of the year, went down to Norman and barely escaped by the skin on their chinny chin chin against Oklahoma. OU almost made up, I think it was a four point deficit in like the last 10 seconds. They were battling for a loose ball rebound and had a point-blank putback for Austin Reeves, the Wichita State transfer, and he missed it, left it begging, and Texas Tech is now 1-1 in conference. Uh, Regardless, Texas Tech is a team I have a lot of respect for. I love Chris Beard. Finally, we've said so many times on this show, how are you going to be Chris Beard and not have an actual beard on your face? And he did. He has... He's the one person who's really utilized this downtime in 2020 for the best, and he's grown a beard. That might be hyperbole, but it's my opinion. I have a lot of respect for Chris Beard. I think he's an excellent coach. He got Texas Tech, of all teams, to overtime of a national championship game and a share of a Big 12 title. But, man, I did not like how they played in that ballgame. Usually, Chris Beard, Texas Tech teams are characterized by tough-nosed defense. Bill Self has stolen Chris Beard's ideology of icing the ball screens, forcing everything to the sidelines. They are organized, well-coached, obviously. And you're going to feel that game against Texas Tech. The way they played in that game against KU, I thought really was – it was not fitting of a Chris Beard team – 
I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it came down from up top from his ideologies or if it came from the players, maybe came from their new best player, Mac McClung. But every time what or no, West Virginia Texas Tech drove the ball, flopping their head back, driving for contact, looking to flop, see if they can get a whistle. Defensively, more worried about drawing charges and getting underneath and cutting underneath a Kansas driver than they were actually playing defense. I thought it was atrocious basketball. I thought Texas Tech sort of came out of it, or at least this version of them, not looking too rosy. Because for a hard-nosed, blue-collar program that always puts up a good fight, and boy, was this a good fight, a one-point game. I thought the way in which they played the game was, was terrible. The numbers are ugly, and but except for one very handsome player, Ochai Abaji, 8 of 11 overall, 4 of 7 from three-point land, 23 points to lead all scorers. Mac McClung did have 21 points, but he shot 5 of 16. Only two Kansas players ended up scoring in double figures. Christian Brown had a really rough game, two free throws, didn't hit a field goal. That's okay. He made up for it against West Virginia, which we'll get to. To Marcus Garrett, his 10 points was the second leading scorer for KU. Abaji was incredible. I'm so happy to see. And we talked about, right, what to expect for Kansas in the 2020-2021 season, losing Devon Dotson, losing Yudoka Azubuki. Oche Abaji couldn't hit the broadside of a barn last year. And he very much so worked on that jumper. He's got a beautiful stroke this year. Does he fade a little bit if things aren't going his way? Sure. We saw that, I think it was against Creighton, right? Where he didn't score a point. But the shot is beautiful. He is, let's call it the second best player on the team behind Jalen Wilson, who seems to be coming back to earth a little bit, or at least the, the workload is catching up with him. And I only expect more brilliance from Ochai Abaji. I think, let's see, young Och had 11. Yeah, he had 11 against West Virginia, so the numbers don't pop out at you. Uh, but he seemed effective. I, I never, there was never a point in the West Virginia game where I thought, man, I could really use more from Ochai Abaji. It was just the flow of the game. David McCormack, let me say this. Here's the thing about Big Dave. The last couple games, has he been good? I'm going to say he hasn't been good, but he's been effective. He's done what he's had to. So, like, like let's keep it at that. And he'll have a few more praise or a bit more praise in the West Virginia game as well. Jalen Wilson, the numbers don't look good, but he did have the key block at the end of the game to seal the victory for KU, who got out of Lubbock, thankfully, with a much-coveted top-tier of the Big 12 road win. I'll probably say this many more times over the course of the beginning of next year. But I don't care about style points. As long as at the end of the day, Kansas comes out with victories in those road environments in the Big 12, that's, that's all good. It's going to be a bloodbath this year. And 
pile that on top of the fact that we know that every time Kansas goes on the road, they've got that target. That is the game on the schedule for every other basketball program in the Big 12. And the upper echelon of the conference this year is strong. I've said that way too many times this episode already. I apologize. But picking up road wins at Tech, West Virginia, we'll say in Austin this year at UT. I'll count it for the time being. And Baylor, of course. You know what? You you take what you can get in terms of your road victories there. So Kansas does the job. They come out of Lubbock. Maybe a little bruise. The ice bath might have been a little busy. But they got the victory. And more power to them. Of course, for on the Texas Tech side, Terrence Shannon Jr., there's always someone. When it's a close game against KU, someone's having a career day. It was Terrence Shannon, the guy who barely shot any threes, coming into the game, going four of seven from deep, seven of 16 overall, 20 points for Terrence Shannon the sophomore out of Chicago. Uh, this is a guy who on the year, he's now shooting about 40% from three, but I think those numbers have been raised <laughs> after the game against Kansas. Listen to believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the believe podcast network. I am Jonas Nordman. Let's move quickly to the West Virginia game. Because I have an overarching theme and a prevailing thought that came out of that game that I'd like to pose to you. So if the game against Texas Tech was a grappling match, knock down, drag out, get in the mud, let's see who's tougher. You know, that's sort of what I was expecting from West Virginia. And Kansas, all they did was play a pretty ball movement, spacing and three-point shooting offensive game. And it got them 79 points, and they ended up winning by 14. It probably wasn't even that close. But I was so worried, especially after that Texas Tech game, because the way that the Red Raiders got back in the ball game against KU was by hitting the offensive glass. The Red Raiders bullied Kansas. They hit the boards. And it got them back in the game. And I think it even helped them take the lead. Uh, the numbers, yeah, Texas Tech had 13 offensive rebounds. And they out-rebounded KU. Actually, no, they did not out-rebound KU. But those 13 offensive rebounds were key. So, after that, with the next game being West Virginia, needless to say, I was shaking in my boots. It's been a prevailing theme on this program. I have said, the big men such as David McCormack and Mitch Lightfoot need to be visible and present because when they play West Virginia and Derek Culver and Oscar Shibwe, it could be trouble down there in the trenches. And you know what? McCormack was visible. But I think there's a reason why he wasn't the star of the game. First things first, Oscar Sheboy and Derek Culver, how did they end up doing? Not good. Sheboy, three points, only took five shots. He only had five rebounds. Four of them, however, were of the offensive variety. <laughs> of course, Derek Culver, only eight points. 
went eight and eight. Eight rebounds. Six of those, though, were defensive. West Virginia did end up corralling 19 offensive rebounds. However, that was completely neutralized and you could say equaled out by the fact that the most surprising stat, the three-point numbers, they are what they are. But Kansas had 19 offensive rebounds of their own. And they out-rebounded the Mountaineers 40-37. to The assist numbers are staggering. KU had 19 assists on 28 made field goals. The ball was moving. The ball was zipping. It was beautiful. I was sitting on my couch in a cheery mood, at least in the second half, in which Kansas outscored West Virginia 44-29. to The player of the game, without a doubt, Christian Brown. He sucked against Texas Tech, came back with 22 points on 6 of 12. That's 50%. Three-point shooting. Jalen Wilson, the stroke was pure, 17 points. Marcus Garrett, 15 points, 3 of 3 from deep. Six of eight overall. How about that? Kansas did not reach into the bench really that much. Bryce Thompson was the only bench player to crack double digits in minutes. Lightfoot, Harris, and Anaruna didn't really see the, the floor that much. And Bill Self never emptied the bench, even though it looked like it was getting to garbage time. It was pretty clear towards the end of the game. But then again, Kansas doesn't play again January, until January 2nd. You can rest these guys all winter. So here we go. Not too much X's and O's here. Oh, by the way, the only reason that West Virginia was in the game and had a halftime lead, I'd be remiss if I didn't say or make this point. Scott McNeil. Sorry, (laughs) Scott. Sean McNeil. He had his career high in points and was perfect from three. Six from six in the first half, including that banked buzzer beater at the end of the first half. So he goes six for six in the first half. What does he finish at? Six for 10. Didn't score or didn't hit any more threes the entire second half. In fact, he only scored four points the entire second half. I had a feeling, you know, if he's going to go off for 40 in that game, so be it. Kansas is screwed. But these things tend to average themselves out. They did. And he didn't have the same sort of impact in the second half. Okay. I think that game against West Virginia was more impactful than people are realizing. I floated this thought in my group chat during the game, or as I like to call it, my sounding board. Sometimes I just throw things out there, see how it sticks, and then bring it here to the table. However, I think we saw a transition for this year's Kansas basketball team. And again, I'll keep this short. I want you, everyone to get to their dinners and their holiday parties. But we heard the quotes during the game. Bill Self has mentioned he'd like to free the three. He wants to see more three-point shots taken by his club. Message received loud and clear. Kansas came in, shot 37 
three-point shots. I know that's a season high. And I know that because C.J. Moore of The Athletic mentioned in-game that Kansas was on pace for the highest three-point rate, I think, in school history. It came down a little bit as the game went on, and Kansas shot a few more twos, sort of saw the game out. But if David McCormack stays effective, that's fine because I saw a team that was hardly looking at all to feed the post, to force feed David McCormack. And instead, they were worried more about driving and kicking, finding the open man, modern basketball. And I think we've saw the transition and we will have to watch a few more games to see if this is truly the case or if it was just a case of playing West Virginia in some porous perimeter defense. But I think this group may have just taken a turn and became perhaps a stronger version of the 2018 Kansas Jayhawks who ended up making the final four a flawed team. Yes. And I think this year's version could be better because instead of LeGerald Vick playing essentially the power forward, you have a guy who's better suited for it and is tougher and probably a better pure shooter in Jalen Wilson. Yes, you lose the heart and the grit and the determination of Devontae Graham, the pure shooting of Steve McKaylick, but I mean, the lineup that, that KU starts, I didn't really fully think about it. I didn't grasp, my mind didn't grasp the thought until like last night. But they're not the, the lineup they're throwing out there. There is no true point guard. Everyone is about six four, six five, and taller. This is the essence of a positionless basketball team, except for McCormick, who's a a traditional modern center. And despite that, obviously they're switchable on the perimeter defensively. You don't lose anything despite a little bit more size out there. So, yeah, shooting 37 threes makes this hypothesis a little bit easier. But just the mentality, the way they were playing, I think we saw a transition. I think we saw Cam just revert back to 2017 when Bill Self really, you know, embraced the four-guard lineup in 2018. And I think, yeah, I really think this is going to be another free the three kind of team. We'll see. I, I, I do think this is going to be another version of 2018's team. People forget that 2018 group, the, the final four appearance really masks what was a lot of, not deformities per se, uh, but that team was not great. Yet they still escaped with a Big 12 title, yes, and they made it to the Final Four, beating Marvin Bagley and Duke in the Elite Eight. But they lost twice to a bad Oklahoma State team. The style points were not there for that 2018 group. I think this year's team is, is better suited. And I think they may, about, they may be about to hit the floor running. I'll leave it with that. Have a great holiday season i hope you get the gift that you were hoping for whether it be a pair of socks whether it be a playstation 5 
Although odds are you're not going to get a PlayStation 5 <laughs> based on the rarity of them right now. But if nothing else, stay safe in whatever manner you are celebrating. I will talk to you next week ahead of the new year. There are no games between now and then, so maybe we'll have a true State of the Union. Although I kind of shot my wad on facts on <laughs> talking points for the season. We'll figure it out. We had the worst off-season college basketball history. I think we can figure out one episode mid-season. I appreciate you listening. Um, my favorite gift would be telling your Jayhawk friends about the program. Let them decide for their, for their own if they want to listen to it or not. You don't have to be the ombudsman. Stay safe. Stay merry. And I'll leave you with the, as always, rock shot. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Lone Beach together. Now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.